Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break a terror heart's support. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Pete. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516 453 9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can catch us online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go into our website. You can go to my Facebook page, Brother Prater. Brother Prater on Facebook. On Facebook, you can catch me. You can see the video version as well as you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.com. As well as for those who may be on Periscope, you can catch me on there also, Brother Prater. 
Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Brother spelled out, and then Prater, Paul, R-A-T as in Tom, E-R. You can catch me on either one of those uh, pages. For those who are who like to be on our chat room, the chat room last week, it was down. Look like it is up. It is up. Chat room, which is on uh, Blog Talk Radio, you can send a prayer request, you can send your prayer request, your comments, or whatever subject you want to uh, share with you on your heart, feel free to post it on there. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, where I senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas Fort Worth area, <clears throat> area, feel free to come worship with us. We are at 4204. Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. I would like to uh, say for those who have not celebrated Black History Month, I would like to say a huge Happy Black History Month to those who may be watching or listening. I wanted to at least, even though this is the last Sunday of February, I want to at least pay tribute to those who have paved the way for us as Blacks, who fought for our rights, who fought for justice. Um, I was actually looking today, I was looking at a program when I made it home, the TV was on, and they were showing on PBS, they were showing a special. And I, I realized how far, I'm going to say it in my own way, we've come from a long ways. There was a lot of things you know, I'm I'm not a fifties child, I'm a seventies child. But when I looked at it, our freedom was not hundreds of years ago. This was actually recent. Even though there might have been laws for us to receive justice or segregation, but as far as even though it might not it may have been changed with law, but it was not changed within the hearts of many people. And so it made me see a lot of things that our ancestors have dealt with. And even though they've dealt with it, they have fought. But when you look at it now, it made me look at what they dealt with versus today. I think a lot of times us as as people, I think a lot of times we really don't we don't really understand what some of our ancestors have dealt with in order for us to really enjoy what we have today. And so on this past Sunday of Black History Month I want to talk about Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. 
we want to talk about that and compare his dream with today's reality. We want to talk about that and much more in the episode called Are We Living the King's Dream? Are We Living the King's Dream? You know, I was, I wanted to have some people that I knew that did some of the marches, like uh, I was speaking last week, that uh, I have an aunt that was involved in, and unfortunately, she couldn't be on the show last week nor this week, but what I want to do, we're still going to have that episode, but what I want to do, I want to talk from a person who may have lived in the area in that time, but just looking back and from what I observed, from a lot of the stories I was told, and even some of the things that I've experienced in my young years, compared to what we are experiencing today. Now, first of all, it's it's interesting to me. No one can really talk about race if you've never experienced racism. Um, I think a lot of times, especially when we look at the political arena, a lot of times people say, well, you know, um, well, this person ain't prejudiced, that person ain't prejudiced. Well, you can say that if you are just like them. But if you have not experienced racism yourself, then you really can't talk about it. You know, I've, in my young years, I'm 47, as a matter of fact, I have to think about how old I was. But I'm 47 years old. And I remember a time, and this was when I was in my teens, when I worked, I worked at a grocery store, and there was a time where I would check out somebody, uh, somebody that was not the same race as mine. And there were some who got their money out of their pocket. They did not put it in my hands, even though my hands were out. Put it in my hands. They put it on the counter. And they told me to pick it up from the counter. Then when I get ready to give them their change, they didn't want me to put it in their hand and put it on the counter. There were some who also pulled out gloves before they touched the currency. Pulled out gloves and handed to me like that. There were some I've seen where touched them, they immediately started washing their hands. Matter of fact, there was a baby that dropped her bottle, his or her bottle. And I remember handing it, handing the bottle back to the parent for them to give the child, wash it off for them to feed the baby. But instead of them going to wash it off, they moved from me, got that bottle that that baby was drinking out of, and threw it in the trash can. So, just in my young years, that's just a little bit now. Don't get me wrong, I've dealt with some in my older years, but just showing just a little bit what we have dealt with. And this is not a, a, a the show for us to start saying that one race is more superior than the other or uh, to belittle, to bring awareness, because I think a lot of times especially the young people, they don't really understand what 
a particular race have dealt with, regardless if it's us as blacks or Latinos or uh, any other race. For them to know history, and I think a lot of time, especially as young blacks, they really don't understand their history. One of the things, and I'm going to say it like this, uh, and I hope that um, people understand the heart of what I'm what I'm saying, not just now, but there are some things I may be saying that may be controversial to some, but this is just reality. But they always have said, if you want to keep information from black people, put it in a book. They say that because they feel that we as blacks are illiterate or we don't like to read. A lot of times we may read, but it's is something that we have to do instead of something that we should do. And so what happened a lot of times, not all, but a lot of times, a lot of us as blacks, we don't read what needs to be done or we need to, we don't read what needs to be done. We're told what needs to be done. And a lot of times we don't get the firsthand information by studying it for ourselves. So when it comes down to it, just like how we are in our secular education, a lot of time it lingers on our spiritual education. A lot of times we didn't like to read in school. And so when we come to our faith, we don't like to read the Bible. We don't like to study the Bible. What do we do? We just wait for somebody to tell us, and then we allow that to be truth or that to be gospel instead of doing what the Bible told us to do and then study the sort of ourselves approved. In other words, not just hearing it, but studying it for yourself so you can know not only how to apply it, but to get the proper revelation that God is trying to tell you specifically. See, it's easy for us to listen to what somebody tell us to do. But a lot of times, even in what you're being told, and this regardless if it's pertaining to uh, uh, spiritual or natural, a lot of times we're told, but we don't examine it for ourselves. And then what happens when we become aware of what truth is, then we get upset that, wait a minute, this person lies to me all the time. Well, what if that person is telling you something that they didn't study, but they were just told themselves. There was a lot of, if you want to call them foretales, that were passed on, and it's not anything solid. It's just traditional that has been passed on that we have not studied for ourselves. And so when it comes down to it, God wants us to have the personal responsibility and the accountability to study for ourselves. And like I said, that's not just in the natural or uh, in a, um, a literal or secular education, but the spiritual education as well. So along with that, one of the things that really caught my attention, and I'm, I'm going on here to see if there's any comments. One of the things that really caught my attention, we really, really, really have to start examining 
where we're going, but most importantly, where we came from. So that way we can learn from people's mistakes. One thing my dad have always said, my dad has said a wise man learn from his mistake, but a wiser man learn from somebody else's mistakes. So for us to be able to really get the understanding of how to properly go to where God is leading us, we have to be educated. We have to do our work. So with that, I was looking with a lot of the older pictures of the young men in the 50s and the 60s. And not just young men pertaining to their 20, but we talking about young boys. They dressed. They dressed up. We called it they were dressed to the nines. They were in suits. They had a disposition about them of confidence. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of segregation, they were confident. They dressed like they were, look, they dressed like where they were headed, not where they been. They dressed pertaining to where they were headed instead of their current condition. They were dressed. They were dressed for success. You didn't see young men sagging. You didn't see young men, you know, um, calling each person out of their own name, outside of their name. They were dressed. They took pride in the way that they dressed, the way that they their appearance was. And I was like, wow. And these little kids, they had a three-piece suit, shirt, vest, pants, coat. A lot of times they would have the hat. They would have the handkerchief. They were dressed. And then also, along with the way that they dressed, but also the way they carried themselves. They stood upright, erect. They stood, they looked at a person when someone was speaking to them eye to eye. They looked at them not out of inferiority, but also out of respect. Respect for the person that they were speaking to, but also respect for themselves. I would see young ladies that were carried himself as ladies. I saw a brother in a sisterhood during that time. And especially, like I said, wasn't born in the 50s, born in the 70s. But also when you look at our neighborhood, our neighborhood, we fellowship with one another. There was a time where the neighbors, we knew our neighbors. Not only we knew our neighbors, but if I cut up in the streets and my parent wasn't around, a lot of times the neighbors would catch us, whoop us, and then tell our parents, and then we got another whoop when we got home. There was a togetherness within the community. If I had cornbread and my neighbor had greens, we would have a spread and we would combine it together. We would combine our resources. And th get this, in a midst of struggle, conflict, there was still togetherness, brotherhood, sisterhood. Also, at the time that I grew up, we grew up in a school, especially elementary school, where there were many races. There were the blacks, the whites, the Hispanics. 
And matter of fact, my sister, which was almost a year younger than me, she used to always mess with me because I realized even me having different shades of black people within my family, I thought when they were bright, 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 I mean, I thought that they were white. And my sister would automatically correct me, no, they're black too. And it was, like I said, it was so uh, uh, diverse in the shades of blacks within our family, even within our communities. But along with the blacks, like I said, there were different uh, races, different cultures that we went to school with. And we didn't know anything about race. We just knew that was my friend. We knew that that was my brother. That was my sister. That was my best friend. You know, um, I remember being in elementary, and there was a kid named Robert Rash. I never forget. My brother Ronnie used to always uh, talk about him because Robert Rash would always go to the cafeteria line, and when he get his mashed potatoes, he always say no gravy. He always passed on the gravy. There was Israel Rodriguez. You know, there was Adrian Younger that I went to school with, sixth grade. Adrian Younger, uh, Amy Webb, all these people, blacks, white, Hispanic, well, we got together and just enjoyed each other. We were kids. We were innocent. We didn't know anything about race. But that showed me race is not a born thing. It's actually a taught thing. Kids don't know about mistreating somebody because of their difference. And the difference being the color of the skin. And you can't say, well, you know, as far as this culture is to know, because there's a lot of people, even within the same culture, but different races. But then there are other people of a different culture, same race. Then there are others of different race, same culture. So when it boiled down to it, we were told about loving and respecting everybody. You know, I remember, um, you know, of course, I had uh, what's called a kinky hair had an afro and everything and I remember some of the white people, yeah, you know what, I want my hair like yours. So I'm looking at theirs and their hair is straight. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? I want my hair like yours. Now, <laughs> being transparent, this me being transparent, I remember growing up and watching Happy Days, watching wrestling, and there was a lot of white people that were there. I remember the Fleurs, the Dusty Roads, um, these uh, icons that we would see on TV. I remember watching and I said, you know what? I want to be like them. I never thought about it because of them being white. That was not, <laughs> that was not even on my radar because I saw them as a person. They were an individual that just so happened to represent me. Yeah, the little black kid from Dallas. Yeah, they represented me. Why? Because they were human. And so the idea was if they can be on TV, so can I. And then 
all of a sudden there begin to be people that were somewhat of the same shade as I was. But a lot of times when I would see the people that had the same shade as me, they were not as successful. And this is that's saying rational on TV on on um on the in the movies TV screen. Um, they were not as successful as the Dusty Rose, as the other athlete athletes that I would often see. They were very successful, and so I didn't look at well. I want to be like this person because they're black. I never thought about it like that. I would see the most successful person on TV, and it's just them. Why? Because deep within, it was like God was showing me that regardless, this person does not look like you. If they can do it, so can you. But what happened along with racism being a talking, a lot of time we're told that we can't do this, we can't do that. A lot of times we are told in a negative sense what we should or should not do. Backtracking a minute, one of the individuals that we looked up to, like I mentioned earlier about Dr. Martin Luther King, and he said that he had a dream. His dream was for black white, for his children to come together with other people's children, to, to come together who may not look like them or may not look like us for all come together one day for us to be able to live in harmony matter of fact there's a song by the great John Lennon his song said imagine imagine all the people living as one and then of course before then Dr. Martin Luther King he's speech, I had a dream. And unfortunately, he did say he didn't know if he was going to make it over with us. And unfortunately, he didn't. He was killed. He was killed. But if you look at it, these are people who did not get a chance to really live and see the harmony that God have always wanted amongst each other. Was racism God's intention? No, it wasn't. We were supposed to love one another, but hatred, envious, jealousy has polluted the minds of some people. And I will say this, there are some there are some undeliberate white races that are in this world. But I would say this. there are some undelivered black races in the world, too. So racism is not just a white thing. Look, it is a spirit. There are some white, black, there are some Hispanic races that are out there. And I found out a lot of times, especially being a black man, what they would do, sometimes some of them would try to say things or do things to get us riled up as blacks. I found out if they want to rile up a black person, what would they do? They would 
shout out the N-word. I don't know how many times I've been called the N-word. And at first, when I was younger, it used to really make me upset. But then I realized some people would say those things to what? To press a button, to cause a reaction. But also, I realized if, see, the, the N-word means a sorry, lazy person. So if someone called me a name that is not my name, would I respond? No. Because not only are they not calling my correct name, but they're not calling my specific character. So if someone calls, looks at me and say, hey, Steve, I don't have to respond because my name is Steve. Now, if they say, hey, sorry, boy, should I respond? No, because it's not my character. If they're looking at me and they call my name, or even if they don't have to look at me, if I hear my name, I'm going to answer. Now, also, even if somebody Hey, where is that blessed man at? If somebody called that out in a crowd. Hey, where's that blessed man at? You know what? I'm going to answer. Why? Even though they may not be speaking to me, but because they're calling out a specific character that I want to receive, I will answer. So with the same thing, we have to look at it from if someone is saying, hey, calling the N-word. I don't have to answer. Even if they looking at me. I'm not going to answer. Why? Because that's not my character. Like I said, people are going to try to get a reaction out of you. So these are some of the things it really made me kind of think because we, we're living in 2020 right now. And unfortunately, in the dream that Dr. Martin Luther King had, in the goal, in the even with people losing their life for our freedom. People have died for the right to vote. A lot of blacks have lost their lives for the right of for us to vote. And I saw this on TV. I saw this on TV a couple of weeks ago. There was some rapper, I don't know his name, and this is not to promote him, but there was some rapper that made a song in a video talking about why he should not vote. Why he should not vote. I tell people, whoever you want to vote for, make sure that you have studied that person, that candidate. Make sure that you feel comfortable and justify for whoever you want to vote for. I'm not going to influence you on who to vote for or who not to vote for. But the main thing I would tell you, make sure that you do your due diligence in studying for the best candidate. Be prayerful, but also do what you're supposed to do and vote. And I'll see that voting is so important. If you think about it, Voting is so important. There are people in law that people are trying to implement that would try to influence you or scare you not to vote. Think about it. 
there are people that are trying so badly. They're trying to get you not to vote or to make you vote in a way where it will not benefit you in your community. So I want you to think about that. But during Dr. Luther King's time, there was struggle. There were crises. There, there were wars. You look at the pioneers like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, instead of him choosing to go to the military, he chose to stand up and even risking his career. He was a world champion. And because of him not going in to not to vote, but going to war. And you know what? Most people they look oh well he, he should have went out but first of all you have to look at it. And I'm not against those who go to the military. I applaud those who are going to the military who have fought, who stood up. But also my thing is I tell people if you're gonna go fight, make sure you understand and accept the cause of the fight. And then also, if it's something that you don't agree with, then stand up for your rights. But just because, just because he stood up and said and made his stance, they totally disrespected him. I was watching a video and he would ask, there was someone that was, you know, questioning him, and they kept calling him Cassius Clay. And so he asked them to please call him Muhammad Ali, which he eventually changed his name to Muhammad Ali. But they kept addressing him as Cassius Clay. And you think about it. Why were they doing that? Why were they doing that? To irritate, to cause a reaction. And he was one of the athletes who had ever lived celebrities who have ever lived I saw a video where he bet well, one of the individuals that were with him he said he bet he could go down the street and within a few minutes shut the whole block off cause a big commotion and it might have been maybe two or three hundred dollars that the wager was and he would do that without saying a word. And he began to just walk without saying anything. He would see people, he would wave, and next thing you know, within a few minutes, they had to call the police because it was so much commotion, so much traffic, so so much of a crowd that came. But you have to respect his stance. And so when you look at today's time, out of all that has transpired, well, Rosa Parks refused to move her seat, or refused to move from her seat, sitting in the front row and refused to get up and allow another white guy to take her. And she ended up going to jail. They end up marching. They protest for, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a year. And then eventually they allow segregation with on the bus. They had peaceful protest. That was in the 50s and 60s. Now, looking at 2000, I wanted to bring this up. Looking at 2000 now, 
out of all that our forefathers not only have dealt with, not only has fought for, but has, if you want to say, institutionalized for us to be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. What are we doing about it? Are we fighting for the next generation? We are enjoying the fruits of our forefathers' labor, but can our children or our children's children enjoy the fruits of our labor? Or will they still be nibbling on what we're feasting off of, our forefathers' labor? I begin to look at my community, begin to look at my society, and I'm going to be real. My heart hurts. Every time I go into my black neighborhood, I cannot get out of my car without smelling weed or alcohol. Mainly weed everywhere I go. Every time I step out, every time I step out of my car, I'm always smelling weed. I went to a store yesterday. but Actually, uh, it was a KFC. I stopped by there. And I had my son with me, and there was a boy. I didn't see him drink or smoke, but I saw him stand up on the corner in KFC, and he was standing up going to sleep. My son told me when we got in the car, he saw him leave outside, leave from outside to go inside the building. He was already stumbling. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, man. But then I went over to Walmart. Then I went to some other places. And everywhere I went, I smelled weed. What has this generation come to? What are we fighting for? Do we have another cause to fight? Do we have a reason to fight? Yes, we do. We still receive an injustice. And at first, the injustice, we used to have to say it was the white man. It was society. But unfortunately, we can't say those excuses anymore. A lot of the injustice is not coming from the white man, the, the, the orange man, or any other man. It's coming from ourselves. We have become our own enemy. I said that me working in law enforcement for 26 years, and last week I saw some guys leaving out, and this is me. One of the things I've always believed in, I don't care if you're in jail or not, you're a human being. How you doing? I believe in addressing people. Not because of their condition, but because of their individuality. They are a human being. And so for those that know me, hey, I'll speak to everybody. It don't cost anything to speak, be, to be courteous to people. But there are some people that were getting released. And so I saw them. It was a couple of, it was a couple of guys. And I said, all right, say, fellas, y'all be careful, man. Go home, be with your family. And instead of them saying, man, thank you, I appreciate it, which some had in the past, 
this. But there was some knuckleheads that said, oh, look at him. Oh, now he want to be all nice, but we were all locked up. They were cussing us all this. I understand myself. This dude, he just told on himself he's used to being in jail. Instead of him saying thank you, he want to get an attitude. And I said, you know what? That kind of individual, he'll be back. He being a hero, he telling off on himself. He'll be back. It's something about, like I said, this is not all black people, but they just some of the ones that I've dealt with. And this is my experience. And this from what I've seen about other people. I remember when I first started working at the jailhouse. And as soon as a young black man saw me, he got upset. Oh, what you doing working for them? Oh, you got that clue suit on. Clue suit, meaning clan suit. Oh, you got that clan suit. And I'm saying to myself, is it wrong for me to better myself? Does every black person have to have a criminal record? No. There are some successful black people. And James Brown said it best. I'm black and I'm proud. When I go to fill out an application, I don't like putting African-American. I am an American, but I'm not African. I'm an American. I'm a black man. And if they tell me, hey, where's your origin? When people ask me, hey, where's your where are your ancestors from? I don't tell them Africa. Because a lot of them I don't really know. There are more there are more ancestries within other than Africa. But if I want to get original, if I want to get truthful about it, my origin is not from America. My origin is not even from Africa. My origin is from heaven because that's where I come from. I come from God. Even you, think about it. You come from God. Our ancestor, we all have one specific ancestor. Being real with you, it's, it was Adam and Eve. <laughs> Adam and Eve. God made Adam. And then he produced Eve from Adam. So when you look at, when people ask you, who are you from? Or, you know, who is your ancestor? Oh, you need to go back where you're from. But guess what? We're going to be going to the same place. We're and we were produced in the Garden of Eden by God Almighty. But when it boiled down to it, I, it just hurt my heart for us. For me to see my young black men we act in a kind of way, we treat each other in a kind of way. We don't exhibit the love and the respect for each other and with each other. Every time we see someone who may be a threat to us, we want to get rid of them. We don't acknowledge each other and esteem each other like we used to back in the day. There's always a competitiveness. There's always, well, you know, it's it's, it's almost like we don't want to see anybody do better than us. Also, if it comes down to trying to help somebody, we don't want to do that. We think about, what, me and mine, and that's it. But we have to do better. 
Our children are dependent upon us. Our offsprings are dependent upon us. Now, this is maybe rare topics where we end up just talking and this is a Christian podcast. And we have to examine ourselves. We have to examine our motive, our action to see, are we acting Christ-like? Are we becoming more like Christ or less like Christ? You know, you think about I always say it like this. When I think about Dr. Martin Luther King, he left a legacy, and his children are living off of his legacy. We experiencing what he worked for, and he left he left a, for his children to stand upon and be proud of their father. And even though he's been gone for, if I'm not mistaken, I believe over 50 years. Yes, over 50 years. But even though he's been gone over 50 years, his words still resonate as if he spoke it today. But let's just say now, who would take the mantle? Who would take the mantle from where he left off and take it on to Jesus come? Will it be you? Will it be me? What are we doing to help fulfill the purpose and plan that God has for each and every one of us? Because God has instilled each in each and every one of us a gift or a talent. Utilize it. One of the things that you never want to we all talk about, you don't want to go to your grave fool. You want to go to your grave empty. In other words, being able to exercise gift that God has instilled within you. You want God to help you fulfill the purpose and plan that he has for you. And for us to be able to really enjoy the quality of life that he has for us. We, especially as blacks, we got to stick together. We have to come together and quit the foolishness. I didn't realize how much crime has went up in our communities. We're too busy killing each other. We don't have to worry about the white men killing us. We're killing ourselves. Let's be real. I'm going to say it like this, too. Every person that does not look like you is not your enemy. Every white person is not your enemy. Every Hispanic person is not your enemy. Sometimes our biggest enemy is the person we see in the mirror ourselves. A lot of times we don't want to challenge ourselves. We don't want to be better, do better. I was looking the other day, they were showing that there was a rapper, some uh rapper that just got killed and they said that he posted where he lived that the night before. And guess what? They killed him. Anytime we become successful or at risk of being robbed or killed. And unfortunately, it's from our own. That's the thing. That's the thing that's so baffling to me. Anytime we become successful, a lot of time, it's our own people. You look at Nipsey Russell. 
I didn't know much about Nipsey Russell until after his assassination. But I started looking and studying and watching him. And he went back to the community that he came from. And that's where he killed it. And people get upset when you end up doing good, getting some type of success, and you end up relocating. And then the first thing some people say, you know, you need to give back. That's fine and dandy, but even if I don't give back financially, but if I give you opportunity, it's better than finances. Because you can waste opportunity, excuse me, you can waste finances and may not get it back. But if I give you opportunity, if I give you education, then nothing or nobody can take from you. There's an old saying that says, give a man a fish, you feed him a day. But you teach a man how to fish, you feed him a lifetime. And if we teach people how to fish instead of giving them a fish, then don't hurt or don't talk about the person that's trying to educate them how to fish. If we are trying to come up and trying to take care of our family, why are you hurting us? You know, I often think about, I thought about this. I thought about somebody that may be in jail because they robbing and killing people. Let's just say most of them, they always want to rap. They always, uh, and I'm not, ta- I'm not, look, I'm not stereotypical either. I'm saying from what I've seen for myself. I used to see a lot of the young guys, they would always try to play hard and they'd be trying to rap and all that stuff. And then it hit me. Let's just say that the person that they killed, they didn't know who that person was. But that killer, he wanted to be a rapper. So he heard the beat on the radio, old school beat. He like, oh, man, that's tight. I want that to be my song. So what he has to do, he has to get with his attorney to get clearance and approval of the original artist who sang that song so he can use that beat and put it on his rap song. And then he finds out, well, that person that you have to uh, get the approval of, the original artist that you have to get the approval of, well, unfortunately, not only did he die, but you were the one that killed him. (laughs) You think about it. There's so much senseless killing. And we're not just talking about the person that they killed, but also you. You have more purpose in your life than you realize it. So many of our young people, they don't care about living anymore. And they're not afraid to die. All they want to do, look, they want to get this rush. They want to get this high. They'll smoke all the weed and the reefer that they want to. They say that, well, you know, they have to escape. They say that they have to get this high. They say that they, you know, they have to, you know, get creative. That's going to help them to be creative and all. But I'm telling you from personal experience, if you talk to God and look here, let's just say that that may be an addiction because there are some people that are truly addicted to weed. Let's be real. Let's talk about it. There are some people that are addicted to it, but you 
are talking to God and you asking God, you're praying about certain things, but let's just say you talk to God and you tell God, you know what? I have to trust you. You want me to quit smoking? Okay. If you want me to quit smoking this weed, then I need for you to be the substitution so that way I don't have to depend upon the weed anymore. You put God to the test, I promise you. He would give you creative juices. He would give you words, thoughts. He would give you ideals that will supersede you getting high that's going to damage you permanently. Give you a temporary high, but a permanent damage, permanent consequences. God will talk to you and give you ideals that will bless you, your children, and your children's children. God will give you ideals that will blow your mind. But how about you trust God with that? Put everything to the table. Look, bet all your chips on God. Along with the weed and all that, I was saying about a lot of people these days, especially the young people, they're not afraid to die. There was a young man years ago, he told me, that he wanted to talk to some young people because he had HIV. And he wanted to talk to the young people about the risk of just sleeping around with people, um, valuing yourself, your worth. He told me that there were people, there were young ladies that would try to sleep with him anyway. And he he didn't say why. He just said, well, no. Excuse me. No, no, I don't I don't think we need to have sex. Well, it's okay, it's okay. And then eventually when he told them, Well, you know, I have a condition. Well, you know, we're gonna die something the way, might as well do it. They don't value life. So many people they don't care about themselves. They don't mind being a friend with benefit. Actually, I always call it friends with consequences because there's no benefits to being some side chick or some side dude. There's always consequences. But you think about it. <laughs> friends with benefits, same thing as somebody saying, you know what? I like you, but just physically. I don't want to look. I don't want to commit with you. I don't, you're not my type. You're not my type, but I do want your body. So that's what I want. I don't want you, but I just want your body. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to sleep with you. And then when I get done, I'm going to look for somebody who I want to be with. And then until I find somebody I want to be with, I just sleep with you. I just waste your time. You know, I'm not going to let you waste my time. I'm going to fit you in my schedule. And then when I get done spending my time with you, then I'm going to continue to look. But I do want to just waste your time. That's what it's actually saying. Friends with benefits, same thing. That's what it is. But do you actually think out of all this, as I've been saying, is this the American dream that Dr. Martin Luther King was talking about? Are we experiencing it? Not all the way. Nah. Of course, we've made great milestones. We've achieved blessings and success. But a lot of times, along with those blessings and success, 
We've come from a long way, but we still got a long ways to go. And that long ways that we have to go, if we are continue to fight each other, we'll never make it. Like I said, this is for us to be able to come together as a race of people to love and respect each other because a lot of the races, we get more respect out of other races than we give our own. Let's be real. Every time, every time I have to deal with other races, I get the utmost respect. But then sometimes when I have to deal with my own, not all, but there are some that totally disrespect me. But also not just me, but we disrespect each other. We'll call our women out of their name, the B word and H and all that stuff. But we get very, very, very combative if someone address our sister or our mother that way. But we'll feel it's okay to address other people, mothers or sisters. We don't show chivalry like we did back in the day. We don't go out and hold the door for a young lady without a motive of trying to sleep with them. How about we do it just because it's the right thing to do? There's the old scripture I always hear. It. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Yes. We should be concerned for one another. We should embrace one another. And not just embrace our our similarities, but embrace our differences too. So this may have been a thought-provoking moment for each and every one of us, and that's good. I like to do things that will make us think. But what we have to look at, we have to look at in this day and time, what are we going to do that we're going to be able to turn this world right side up? What will we do to help this nation change and for us to be the men and ladies that God called for us to be? This is the time for us to really just look at a couple years ago where we couldn't even drink out of the same water fountain. We couldn't even go to a public restroom. I was looking um Dorothy Dandruff. They were saying that she was the first black to be nominated for awards, but even in her being a movie star, she couldn't go in certain places because of her race. But now we may not be we may not be welcomed every place, but in the places that we're walking into that we're welcome into, how are we managing the responsibility of representing not just ourselves, but representing those who came before us? Are we representing them or are we misrepresenting them? This thing you have to get because when you walk into a room, you represent people more than the person that's in your mirror. When I walk into a room, I represent the teaching and the education of my of my parents. You know, I found out a lot of times we were kids, we didn't just get a whooping, especially when we did something in public. 
we didn't just get a whooping because we did something we weren't supposed to do. We got a whooping because we misrepresented our family, our lineage. Ask yourself, are you representing your lineage? Ask yourself, regardless regardless of who you are, are you representing the lineage that was already set before you? Are you representing your genealogy, your, the generation before you and the generation before them? Are you representing them well? How are you representing them? Are you striving to help Dr. Martin Luther King's dream become a reality? Or are you continuing to make it a dream and you align the day's reality to be his nightmare? Hmm. So, first and foremost, are you a registered voter? Okay. Go register. If you haven't if you haven't registered yet, go ahead and try to do it. No more excuses. Well they they pick who they want to anyway. No. That's your voice. Let your voice be heard. If it's something that you don't like within the political arena, instead of you posting it on Facebook, what are you gonna do about it? How many of us may have had a disagreement with some type of law, some type of, uh, even the judicial system? But if you got a chance to go and understand who your representatives are, your city councils, state representatives, a lot of times, no. Listen, representative, in other words, they represent you. Represent you so they can go to the White House. Do you know these people? You have to make your voice be heard. But also, this is something that I thought about. There are, unfortunately, there are some people, there are some people who may not be qualified to be in the political arena. But also, one of the things I thought about, we need to start, let's just say, if you're not type, you may not be a vocal person to you know, speaking in front of people or whatever. But when was the last time we began to groom people, groom them for them to represent us in the political arena? Now, when I say represent us, this is not a black thing. This is an individual thing, community, or whatever. But, you know, I was watching uh, Good Times, Good Times, and they had a character named Alderman Davis. Alderman Davis was the mayor of that town. And he would often come by the Evans' house for whatever reason. But it made me look at, do we actually know our state representatives, our mayors, our city council people? When was the last time, if you've ever went to a town hall meeting? Have you ever went to a town hall meeting in your area? If you haven't, go. And listen, that doesn't mean that something has to be wrong for you to go. How about you just go just to get knowledge of how things are ran? Make it a personal interest of yours, and also it's going to affect you and your family. 
these are some of the things that we need to do, along with, like I said, groom people, grooming people for you to be able to have the, and help them to get in a political arena so that way they can bring they can bring change. Listen, talking about change ain't going to bring change. It's doing things that's going to help us to bring change. Bring change within our communities, within our world, within our nation, so we can turn this world inside up. So these are some of the things we have to think about that we need to do so that way we can be able to enjoy the dream that Dr. Martin Luther King has played out. The same dream that he talked about is the dream that we need to be experiencing. And like I said, he had his dream four years ago. What about now? What are we doing? Are we going to experience his dream or we continue to live a nightmare? That's something for us to think about. Unfortunately, uh, I was trying to get the connect up for the chat and it looked like there was some problem. I don't know what the problem is. But either way, that'd be all right. But along with that, we really have to just enjoy and live the life that God called for us to because it's time for us to have change. And change going to have to start not with the masses, but it's going to have to start with an individual. It's going to have to start with us individually. We're going to have to make some The change is for us to, first of all, develop and cultivate our relationship with Jesus Christ, first and foremost. I remember years ago, I remember where we used to be the people that would go to church. We loved God. We loved our families. But now, what is our problem? We now, we don't trust anybody. We don't we don't have the relationship with God like we used to. We have allowed things or even people to take place of our love for God. And of course, we don't respect and care for each other. We and I'm gonna say because this is Black History Month. I can't speak for any other races. I can speak about mine. I can speak about my race. Within the past, let's say, month or two, I've seen so many of our young black men kill their significant other. And not just losing a life, look, not just killing a young lady, but killing a nation. That nation, not just that came from her, but also came from him. Because now you're to put yourself in jail for the rest of your life or receiving the death sentence or capital punishment because you have killed the people. There was at least two or three, there's been three cases I've seen a man has killed a woman and her sister and then shot the eight-year-old boy. And then there was another young man that killed his baby mama and his two kids. There was something I don't even remember. 
I'm looking, and domestic violence is such a sensitive subject to me because my sister was killed because of domestic violence, which, before I forget, I do want to say this. Tune in next week. I'm going to have a special tribute to her because it's going to be the year anniversary of her passing. So I wanted to make sure to let you know that. But this, we we don't care about love anymore. We have become selfish. Get this. We would cheat on a woman, but as soon as she wants to leave us alone, that's when there will become a problem. That's when we become combative. We want to control somebody. And as soon as it looks like we lose control, we want to kill them. We want to destroy them. That's a problem. That is a mentally disturbed person, point blank. That's not a well person. That's not the purpose and plan that God has for you also to even control somebody in such a manner. It breaks my heart because a parent has to bury a child or children, but then also that man, instead of him being productive, he got to spend the rest of his life in prison or send the electric chair or Lethal injection is waiting on him. We are more, we were more created, we were created for more than just being some trash. We were not designed, we were not designed to kill or even to control somebody in that manner. We're just wasting our time, our life, and purpose. You know, I want to speak, as we get ready to close, I want to speak to my young brothers and sisters. There's more to life than what you're enjoying right now. There's more to life than what you're in right now. I challenge each and every person that are watching. You don't have to be black to do this. You have to be white. This for any and everybody. Let's first educate ourselves spiritually. Let's learn and understand who God is. And as we learn and understand who he is, he will teach us and help us understand who we are in him. And then also for us to be able to educate ourselves by what? Reading. You may not be the best reader, but look. This ain't no shame. This is for you to be educated because there is information that's out there for us. But you will not get the information by waiting on somebody to tell you. You may be getting the information by what God may be showing you what within a book. Let's take the time out to start getting more literal. Let's take the time out to start getting literally educated. Let's start reading. Let's start learning how to properly talk to one another. The, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This is not going to help. No, we don't know what you're saying. No, you don't know what I'm saying. And those that know me, I'm going to be very, very frank with you. I'm not the most sociable person. 
I am an introvert that's operating as an introvert person. Of course, you see me on Facebook. You see me on the videos. Okay, that's fine and dandy. God is blessing me to be able to do that. But when the camera's off, I'm hiding in my I'm hiding in my cave. <laughs> but in the midst of that, I know one of the things that God is dealing with me about doing even more, and I'm finna, finna be 48 this year. Read out loud and continue to work on my reading skills. Read. I write all day. I write a lot. There are some things I can that God give me, and I just put it down. I know how to do that. But being able to take the time out to read. Don't get me wrong, I love studying the Bible. I love it. I love it. But along with studying the Bible, being able to learn how to interact with other people, being educated on the affairs of today, being educated on what's going on in our world and our communities, being aware because it affects you. Then also, I realized that my son is dependent upon me to be educated. So that way, if he learns something, then we have something to come and we can talk about. That helps with dialogue, conversation. But then also, for me to help him, I have to understand what he's dealing with. And if he can't get help from daddy, then he may get a distorted view of help and may get up getting something that may hurt him. So these are some of the things we have to look at, because especially us as men, our children are dependent upon us. Our family is dependent upon us to help. You know, I was watching, uh, his name is James, excuse me, John Amos. John Amos he played James Evans from the show Good Times. And many people would look at him as America's favorite dad. Now, I know there are some people that would look at uh, Heathcliff Huxtable, which was played by Bill Cosby, which he was a great TV father. But I related to James Evans because <laughs> James Evans he was stern. He was the disciplinary one. He was the loving one that he would not only love his wife, Florence, but he would also love his children and also his children's family, his children's friends, sorry, his children's friends. He would even allow them to come in. He would embrace, but also there was an episode where um, Michael, Michael brought one of his classmates for him to study. And that boy did not want to study, and he dared James to whoop him. And James took him in that room, in that room and beat his behind. And we know that it's a show, but you have to understand that there are fathers that were just like that. And so when it boiled down to it, James was my ideal TV father because I related to him more. And so when we look at today's time, us as men, our families are dependent upon us to be the educator. Most importantly, to be the spiritual leader, spiritual leader, not just by what you say, because you teach more on your life than you do with your words. You have to be able to show people 
the example that they're supposed to live, show them instead of telling them. When you show them, then what you say, it will confirm by what you've shown. But as long as you say it or you rely upon the mother to take the kids to church, then what's going to happen? They're going to look at you and be like, wait a minute. Well, if daddy don't have to go to church, neither should I. You're putting a spiritual burden on your family. But also, ladies, 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 let's raise the bar. Let's stop selling for less than who God has for us to be to be with. But also as ladies, you don't have to settle for less than what God has for you. It's not your responsibility to raise or groom a boy to make him become a man. The only boy that you're supposed to help groom is your son, not your man. Women, it is not your responsibility to wait for a man to change. Sometimes the only way that he would change if you are out of his life in the arms of someone that's already ready for your heart. Him changing may not be for you. Him changing may be for somebody else. So it's not your responsibility to wait Oh, I'm going to be praying for him and God telling you, he ain't the one. He ain't the one. That's something you have to accept. And I know that this is <laughs> this all going into the dream that that Martin Luther King has had. So we got to realize there are some things that are way beyond what God wants us to deal with. And God wants us to have the peace, have the abundant life that he had already mapped up for us. Let's do what we're supposed to do in fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for us. In case those who may be watching, in case those who may be having something that may be on their mind that they just want to just share, get off their chest, and even repent because there are some areas even in my life I have came short in. And that doesn't mean that you are seeing, but there are some maturing that God wants us to have there are, for us to be better stewards, better managers of the things that God has given us responsibility for. I know part of the things that I know that I need to work on, but my thing is my Willingness to do it because not only because for me to be able to be the representative of God, but also to be the example for my son or my future children. For me to be the example so my family can look up to me. Instead of them having to look on TV looking for a hero, no, you ain't got to fall for a hero. Just look beside you, your daddy. Or look beside you, your mom. These are the things we have to look at. So I challenge each and every person who may be watching, get a piece of paper and start watching, start examining, start looking into who represents you in your community. Find out who your state representatives are, your city councils. And also, this is 2020, 
20, February 2020. How about, if possible, how about sometime at least once or twice this year, go to a city hall meeting? Now, for those who may work in the morning time, how about this? How about finding out what's on the agenda for your city hall meeting? Find out what the agenda is. Get involved, even if you don't physically be there. See if there's a way where you can get involved or even watching on uh, on the website. Look up the agenda. They allow that to happen. They'll, they, they can, you can watch. You can understand and know what is going on within your community, within your city. You do that. So that way we can get a chance to turn this world around up because God is dependent upon us to help us to be able to fulfill the purpose and plan that he has for us. So that way we can go ahead and turn this world right. And for those who have any other uh, situation they may be dealing with, we're going to give God right now. There's nothing too hard for God. So whatever, whatever you have done to celebrate this month, Black History Month, I applaud you. Like I said, this is something that we we do once a year, February, the shortest and coldest month of the year. But in spite of that, we're here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate. And not just looking forward to February, but even after February. Let's start doing something so we can be able to get our families back, get our identity back. Be the people that God called us to be for us to represent him in a nice and beautiful fashion. And understand the song by Prince. And the song, the lyric is says, race in this space. Like the application says, race, race in this space, I'm a human. Race, face the music. We all bones when we dead. Race in this space, I'm all human. Cut me, cut you. Both the blood red. Point blank. God made one race, and that was the human race. So it's time for us to love and respect each other. And I'm not just talking about, and I'm just talking to the white people to respect respect us, but I'm talking to the black people, respect white and also respect each other. Look at it like that. I know some people may not like what I said, but I really don't care. It's the truth. Sometimes truth hurts, so we got to face the music. Because cut me, cut you. Both the blood is red. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us one more time to come together, God. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us, God, to be able to commemorate and celebrate this month, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for those who have paid the way for us to be able to experience, God, what we're in right now, God, for us to enjoy what we're experiencing in the life that that you have allowed us uh, to receive because of the hard work, because of those who may have sacrificed their life, their, their freedom for us to enjoy. God, we thank you, Lord, for those who have paid the way before us, God. And God, we ask you, Lord, to help us, God, we ask to help us, God, to continue the legacy, God, 
might have been those before us, God. God, help us, God, to fulfill the purpose and plan that you have us, God, and be proactive and not reactive. God, you know what's going on? There's so much hatred, so much jealousy, God. We're speaking, God, that you give your people desire right now, God, to do the right thing, God. So showing love to one another, God. God, forgive one another, God. And God, we're speaking for peace. God, God, we speaking, God, that you counsel every wicked spirit that the devil may put forth in hatred and racism right now. In the name of Jesus, Satan, remind everything you stand for, everybody, every problem, everybody, every confusion. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for the peace, God. We thank you, Lord, for the unity, God. We thank you, Lord, for the love that exists right now. In the name of Jesus, and God, we speaking, God, for those who may have other prayer requests, meet their needs right now according to your riches and glory. In Christ Jesus, God, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I thank each and everyone who are tuning in. And I thank you all. For, uh, if you have any comments on future shows, episodes, feel free to contact me. I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R. You can catch me on Facebook, Um, my my name, Brother Prater. You can catch me on, uh, on Facebook. You can see my daily devotions and upcoming events. Excuse me. On Facebook, you can see my daily devotions and my videos that I've posted. Also, you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and also personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section on my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God and Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and responsibilities towards their family, their children, or even their children's mother, even if they're not with them or not. Also, you can go to uh, not only the source checks to be able to get the book where we talk about different things. Also, I also speak to the women for them to be able to for them to be able to understand the needs and responsibilities of men, also to look at the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you, and good night.